when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, and I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder by a score of 123-114 to 114 in overtime on Wednesday. It was the featured, the second featured ESPN game on Wednesday night, uh, and this one took place in OKC. Raptors played beautiful basketball for about three quarters, uh, and then OKC made a huge comeback push in the fourth quarter. Um, Paul George had some, frankly, some ridiculous threes. Uh, Russell Westbrook was just unstoppable in transition. Steven Adams got a bunch of offensive rebounds, and Tony Brothers, as he always does, um, you know, made himself the center of attention, but the Raptors uh, were able to get their act together in overtime where they outscored the Thunder 13-4. to At one point, the Raptors had outscored the Thunder 9 to nothing through the first four minutes and 30 seconds of overtime. That's right. The Thunder didn't have a single basket in overtime. Didn't even have a single point in overtime um, until Westbrook got a layup about 30 seconds left in the game, and the, the game at that point was over, so... Um, I, I thought overall this is a very impressive performance. Um, you know, I think some people might be a little bit disappointed with how they closed in the fourth quarter. Certainly there were jokes being made that, oh, look, there's the Raptors choking again. I think there is, first off, I, th- I think you got to put some context in that. A, the Raptors have done a really good job of closing games um, over the last, basically from November onward. Um, they had some struggles uh, early in the season, but they really did solve a lot of their uh, concerns. I mean, you just even in recent memory, you got Kawhi Leonard hitting two game winners against Brooklyn, against uh, Portland as well. Um, you know, Danny Green hitting some important jumpers. You know, against the Heat, uh, against the Magic. There's there's been a lot of clutch performances by the Raptors. Serge Ibaka hitting that three against the Wizards. Um, you know, Fred VanVleet against the Pacers. So look, the Raptors have done a good job in crunch time, but today was not a good job. In terms of crunch time, I'll start with the negatives and I'll move on to the positives because there really were a lot of positives. The fourth quarter offense, just it just wasn't very good. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily like the Thunder were doing anything spectacular. The Raptors really ha- should have closed this game out. Um, they it, and At no point did it really look like the Thunder were actually going to complete the comeback and, and force overtime or anything like that. But it was sort of just like the Thunder just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Um, the Raptors led... By eight points with two minutes left in the uh, in the f- in the fourth quarter, and at that point you should really just close it out. There's really no excuse for that, right? Pascal Siakam made a crazy driving layup uh, with 153 left in the fourth quarter to give the Raptors a 110 to 102 lead. At that point, it looked like it was going to be all good. Um, but part of the issues there was that a well, the Raptors, you know, they had a couple open threes and didn't make them. But um, you know, the kind of the issue there was. A lot of their offense in the fourth quarter just really came down to Kawhi Leonard having the ball, dribbling the ball, trying to take a lot of the shot clock out of the equation and try to take some time off the clock and then, you know, um, hoisting up a shot. 
it's not necessarily the worst thing to do. Um, at least you, you know, make sure you can get your defense set and, um, you know, you can take some time off the clock and you can kill the pace of the game a little bit. But also, I just think that over the course of the season, the best way to use Kawhi Leonard, especially in crunch time, is proven not to be to put the ball in Kawhi's hands um, and let him create off the dribble. I think it's much better if he can sort of establish his position in the middle of the floor, um, you know, on the elbow somewhere. You know, he's obviously very comfortable in that mid-range area where he can seal his man. Uh, the Raptors can get a good inbound pass to him. He can either uh, catch and try to back his man down or, you know, turn around and face up. And when he does face up, he's really, really good at driving hard and then stopping on a dime and then fading away from about 10 to 12 feet. It, it's really uncanny how many of those jumpers he can hit. But it's it's a lot different when he's able when he's forced to use the dribble and go through multiple defenders or create you know a, a pull up three from it's just that's not the best way to use Kawhi Leonard in crunch time and I thought that's where the Raptors kind of went into trouble is that you know their offense got so stagnant early in the game you know they were the ball was zipping around uh, the ball movement was super fluid the Raptors got a ton of open threes they hit a ton of open threes uh, in the first half because of it. Um, and it, you know, that's what ultimately got them the lead in the first place. And, uh, it was kind of disappointing to see them go away from that in the fourth quarter. It was also disappointing the fact that, um, you know, the Raptors just struggled so much on the defensive glass, whether it was Serge Ibaka or Marcus all out there. Um, you know, those guys would make a contest at the rim. I mean, Westbrook is someone that he's always going to get to the basket and the Raptors would, you know, they would just have to send help. And Gasol I thought did a good job of sending help. Ibaka did okay in terms of sending help, but, you know, someone has to collect the rebound in that, in that case. And the Raptors just didn't, the wings and, you know, it's the outcome. I don't know if you want to consider a wing or, or a power forward, you know, but they just didn't provide enough help um, for either Gasol or Ibaka to get the defensive rebound. And the Thunder, um, they took 16 more shots than the Raptors, 103 field goal attempts as compared to 87, on large part because the Thunder had a 16 to six offensive rebound advantage and that's something where the Raptors do have to clean up I mean defensive rebounding they kind of had that under control for a while but when it really when it's really push comes to shove the Raptors aren't that good of a defensive rebounding club and it is the area of weakness where a bigger team like the Thunder for example can really push the Raptors around but um enough about the the collapse you know the Raptors did you know make things right in in overtime um, Paul George fouled out right before the end of uh, regulation, so he wasn't available. Uh, and, and like I said, the, the Thunder didn't score for most of overtime, but a lot of that was also the Raptors executing really well defensively. Um, it, it felt like um, you know Gasol was making great decisions out there. Uh, obviously, Leonard, you know, he's always you know there's always a good defensive play in him, and he had a nice block on Jeremy Grant at the rim. Van Vliet uh, had a very smart foul on Steven Adams and also just to provide a good help defense. Danny Green had a nice defensive stop as well. So as everyone's sort of chipping in together, uh, Pascal obviously doing his usual energy thing, um, everyone chipped together there for the, a really good, solid finish to, to actually get the result. Because, look, if the Raptors had blown this game, there would have been a lot of bad vibes, I felt like, because they completely deserved to win. I mean, early in the game, um, like I mentioned, the ball movement was great, but the Raptors had 39 points in the first quarter, um, and you know had a comfortable, comfortable lead on the Thunder for most of the game. Um, Pascal was just uh, 
unstoppable, quite honestly. He finished with 33 points in 43 minutes on the night. He gets the first start tonight. Um, he shot 14 to 21 from the field. Uh, the three ball is not as um, consistent for him these days. You know, he did have that stretch where he was hitting like two, three uh, corner threes a game. Right now, it, the three point shot isn't there as much, but the way Pascal can attack off the dribble, it, it was super impressive because the Thunder on paper have a team full of defenders who should be able to stop Pascal in terms of what he does. I mean, Pascal, everyone knows he wants to get to the basket, he wants to face up, drive, throw up something off the glass, right? Um, and, the, you know, the Thunder have Paul George, who's really good defensively. Jeremy Grant, who's really good defensively. Um, you know, they got a good rim protector like Nerlens Noel. Even a guy like Markeith Morris did a really good job guarding Siakam in last year's playoffs uh, in the Wizards series. Siakam really wasn't effective until about game six of that series. Um, and so, you know, on paper, it seemed like the Thunder would have sort of the rangy, long, athletic uh, power forwards who can, you know, sort of match Siakam step for step, but Siakam was still able to outquick a lot of these guys. Um, and, you know, whenever he got a mismatch, he did a really good job of sealing, whether it was Terrence Ferguson or um, Dennis Schroeder, or it, it didn't really matter. Siakam was taking those little guys into the post and, and, and scoring as well. So Siakam was really, really efficient with his offense. He was the best player for the Raptors tonight. And, and what was really nice to see from Siakam was how much he was um, – how eager he was to respond whenever the Thunder would try to, you know, make a run because Russell Westbrook was great tonight. Um, you know, he had 42 points. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty good. He even shot five of 10 from three. And, and, you know, every single time he hit a three, it felt like the Thunder were right about to make a comeback. And each time that would happen, Siakam would have an answer. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it speaks to Siakam's mentality that, you know, all right, so the Thunder hit a shot. His 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 immediate reaction isn't to okay. All right, slow down. Let's try to make a smart play. Or whatever. His immediate reaction is, you know what? I'm not shook whatsoever. I just want to go and get this, you know, basket right back for the Raptors. And, and Siakam did a good job of that today. Um, the only thing I, I was I found a little bit strange was that Nick Nurse decided to use Siakam as the primary defender against Russell Westbrook. It is a strange decision to make because, um, okay, fine. If you don't want Fred Van Vliet on Westbrook because Van Vliet's too small, that's understandable. But we still got Danny Green right there. Um, and even got Kawhi Leonard as well. Uh, and I guess I guess Kawhi was guarding Paul George. So, okay, fine. That's, that is, that is I guess, the the bigger evil between the two of those there. But it was a strange decision to put Siakam on Westbrook. I think Siakam did okay in terms of contesting Westbrook's shot. Westbrook really did just – he just shot it really well today. But – I think sort of what he had in mind was last year in the playoffs, again, in that Wizards series, Siakam offensively wasn't that good, but defensively he had a lot of great moments where he would guard John Wall. Uh, and John Wall stylistically is a similar player to Russell Westbrook. Maybe that's what uh, Nick Nurse was trying to do, but I don't think it was too effective in this case. I, I think with the Raptors, uh, you know, obviously they have very different players as compared to what they had last year. I think they could just stick to either their point guard or you know, even just Danny Green on the opposing point guards because there just kind of isn't any need, really. And when you have Siakam on Westbrook, it really does kill um, your defensive rebounding as well because Siakam's away from the rim. He still got back and got 11 defensive rebounds, which led the Raptors. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't quite understand that decision. But ultimately, Siakam, 33 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, a block, 14 of 21 shooting. Um, in 43 minutes, he gets the first star. Second star, I'm giving that to Fred Van Vliet, who really stepped up in Kyle Lowry's absence. He finished with 23 points 
on 8 of 16 shooting, 3 of 8 from deep, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 6 assists, 2 steals, plus 6 in 40 minutes. What I really like about Fred is that, um, you know, today a lot of short clock scenarios, it was up to Fred to create something just out of thin air. And uh, I counted at least three times he was able to do that. One time he uh, crossed up um, Dennis Schroeder on the baseline and uh, pulled up for a jumper. He switched that. Um, he had a pull-up three in the third quarter there. And also in overtime, and, you know, keep in mind, Fred Van Lee's been on the shelf for a month. Um, and he's playing overtime on the road against Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and, you know, obviously no Kyle Larry, so he's playing 40 minutes at this point. And he crosses up Westbrook and goes all the way to the rim for a, a, a layup, and he scores it. And it's just it's really impressive for a guy who's missed that much time to have this kind of conditioning to do it. It really does speak to his professionalism because you know it's easy for a player to be on the, on the shelf to sort of um, you know lose a bit of conditioning and you know need some time to get himself back in the lineup. Fred has been amazing. Um, right away off the bench for the Raptors. He looks way better than, you know, what he was doing at the start of the season. A part of that is also because he's overcoming, you know, some back injuries that, that affected him, some the toe injury, and that time off probably allowed him to get those things right in addition to his uh, wrist. But he looks great. He looks great out there. He made such a great uh, contribution. And, and you know, very similar to that um, that the Raptors only win over the, the Bucks this season. That was in January. Um, no Kyle Lowry in that situation as well. Also on the road. Also in a very you know highly televised uh, game. And Van Vliet was solid in that game as well. Uh, especially with the the catch and shoot stuff. And uh, same thing today. Van Vliet really stepped up in Lowry's absence. And honestly, you know, it would be nice if the Raptors could just get everyone healthy because the idea of Lowry finding a stride, Van Vliet finding a stride, Leonard being consistent, Pascal being consistent, Danny Green being consistent, and also Marcus Gasol rounding into form. And I'll talk about Gasol in a second. The idea of getting all those guys um, performing and on the court at once is is um, is tantalizing, really. It feels like the Raptors are, you know, if they can ever get healthy, it feels like all their players are peaking at the right time, and that's a good sign. And then Gasol... He would get my third start tonight, um, and you wouldn't really know about the stat line. He only got 10.6 rebounds, two assists uh, in 30 minutes, but he was a plus 11, and um, and I just feel like in terms of, you know, in a game without Lowry, right? Lowry has his hand in so many possessions. He's so integral into, in terms of what the Raptors want to do. Um, you know, like... Someone needs to provide structure in Larry's absence. Now, Van Vliet provided the scoring, and that's great. But I think Gasol, more than anyone else, was just able to be the hub of the offense. He made so many good passes and just um, like screens, like reading plays, like knowing when to slip, knowing when to put a hard screen on somebody, knowing when to flip the screen, knowing when to swing the ball. Like early on in the game, the Thunder made a concerted effort to trap Kawhi Leonard. And uh, Kawhi would consistently get rid of the ball to Gasol in the middle of the floor, and Gasol then uh, play in a four-on-three situation and make the right passes. And even though he only got two assists, um, he made a lot of these passes that triggered um, swing sequences where someone would eventually get open and and, and have the the ball, uh, you know, to shoot for three. The Raptors overall tonight hit thirty-nine percent from deep, fourteen of thirty-six shooting. Um, and yeah, it just feels like ever since Gasol has come to the Raptors, the ball movement, especially when he is on the floor, um, is much, much better because he's just able to, 
you know, it's just different. When you got a center who can pass in the middle of the floor, all of a sudden all five players become dangerous, right? Because Gasol can finish, and he had a couple of finishes today, and he also had two threes, which is nice. Gasol needs to keep shooting threes. But um, when you got a playmaker in the middle of the floor, it just makes you much more dynamic. It makes you harder to scheme against. And uh, I thought Gasol did really well on that. And also defensively, I thought he was a good to turn at the rim. Now, granted, he can't grab the defensive rebound and also contest a shot. He's not that energetic anymore at the age of 34. But um, still, I thought his defensive positioning and also his help defense at the rim was was solid. So, um, you know, good job by those three. I will say off the bench, the Raptors do have a bit of a problem because um, every time Serge Ibaka comes off the bench these days, uh, he seems to not be able to produce. Um you know, I wouldn't fully blame him because Gasol coming off the bench, his production also falls off. But it just seems like the bench unit as a whole doesn't work really well. One thing that Nick Nurse did really well tonight was uh, make sure that he didn't run the all bench lineups. Maybe this he's finally getting um, tired of experimenting and uh, he wants to sort of lock in his rotation ahead of the playoffs. But that's something where you just Nick cannot do that in any important games. He can't put his bench together on the floor. He can't ask Jeremy Lin, Norman Powell, and OG Anobi, and, and Serge Ibaka, basically, to create efficient offense together. It's not possible. Um, you know, today, Nurse made sure that either one of Siakam or uh, Leonard was on the floor to sort of oversee the whole thing, and um, that's the way it should be. That's really the way it should be. With Kyle Lowry back in the lineup, that's really going to help. He missed uh, today's game with a uh, sore ankle. So, um, that does it from the Raptors side. In terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, which, again, uh, for new listeners to the podcast, Gerald Henderson Award is given to the opposing player that uh, far, far <laughs> exceeds what they would normally do on an average night. Um, there are certain Raptor killers out there, quote-unquote. Gerald Henderson is one of them. Ish Smith is another one of them. Let's say uh, Nikola Meritich is one of them, although bad luck for the Bucks. I mean, they've been healthy all year, but at the wrong time of the season, right at the end here, got Giannis dealing with a couple of nagging injuries. You got Miritich down for two to four weeks with a uh, fractured thumb. Um, you got Malcolm Brogdon missing six to eight weeks with a torn uh, plantar fascia. Like it's, it's not looking great for the Bucks, but regardless the Gerald Henderson award, um, you know, and I mean, no disrespect with this, but Russell Westbrook, him scoring 42 points, um, First off, Russell Westbrook shooting over 50% from the field. This is very rare. Um, and, and Russell Westbrook also shooting 5 of 10 from the three-point line. That is super, super rare. So I'm giving it to Russell Westbrook, who had 42 points and uh, was very efficient with his shooting. Uh, again, I, I don't really quite understand why Nick Nurse decided to go with Siakam on um, Westbrook. It seemed a little bit uh, – it seemed like he was overthinking the whole thing. But, uh, you know. Great game by Westbrook. Pretty decent game for George as well. I mean, he didn't really have much of an impact, but did uh, a good job guarding Kawhi. But nevertheless, Westbrook was the main problem for the Thunder, and he nearly stole the game for OKC. But the Raptors played. Ultimately, they played a better game, and uh, you know they made up for that little fourth-quarter collapse with a really strong overtime performance. So that does it for the podcast. I want to thank you for listening to it. Um, I would also like to advise you to please... Um, subscribe to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. That's uh, the feed where you will find the reaction podcast, which will come out after every game, and also the recap podcast, which will come out every week. I'm hoping to put them out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. 
Um, you know, this past week we had Blake Murphy on from The Athletic. That's a great episode. If you haven't checked that out already, find it on the Raptors Over Everything podcast. So, on behalf of Yahoo Sports Canada, I'm your host, William Liu, and I'm signing out. See you after the next game. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.